0: This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.comslash Podshock. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch now in the iTunes App Store. Live from another time stream, it's Doctor Who Podshock to Who pod shop okay well let's do it no i don't you know whatever it is if it's valuable send it to us <laughs> <laughs>
1: For the best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest running science fiction television program. With Louis Trapani. Hello. Ken Deep. Hello. James Norton. Hello. News. Fabulous. Reviews. Oh no. And fan mail for James.
2: Over no, for 40,000.
1: Doctor Who Podshock from the Gallifrey Embassy.
3: You know, that guy James
1: was really cool. Oh, yeah, what we'll that? I'm the doctor, and who are you? And who are you? I'm the Quite a beautiful
3: word. Beautiful
1: word, beautiful word. Voted number two planet in the top ten greatest destinations for the discerning intergalactic traveler. I give you sunsets, spires, soaring silver colonnades. I give
3: you. Uh... Doors. Have you seen my phone? Your phone?
1: Yeah. Your mobile telephone. I bring you to a paradise planet 2 billion light-years from Earth and you want to update
3: Twitter. Sunset spires, soaring silver colonnades. It's a camera phone.
1: On the counter by the DVDs. Thank you. How do we get in? I don't know. Push a button. Hey,
3: hey, it's locked! Yeah,
1: push the button! Rory? Oh, come on, Amy. I can see her, but she's not here. Where am I? Welcome to the Two Streams facility. Will you be visiting long? Good question. bit sinister. What's the answer to not get us killed? It's okay, I've got you. You're fine.
3: And where have you been? Or will you be what do I tell it? I've been here a week. a
1: week. A week? A week? I'm so sorry. Aha, same room, different times. Two different time streams running parallel, but at different speeds. Amy, you're in a faster time stream. Doctor, it's going get. Organic skin, ultimate universal interface, grown and grafted, not born. I mean, it's actually seeing with its fingers. What exactly did you do?
3: Well, I just, I came in and I pressed the door button.
1: Oh, Amy, there are two buttons. I pushed the red waterfall. I pressed red waterfall and she wasn't there. Okay, so you can't follow her directly. Yet. No, it's never simple. Did you hear that, Hambo? She pressed the wrong button. That's all. We're Aliens. We didn't know. Statement rejected. Apple is under planet-wide quarantine. This is a kindness facility for those infected with Chen Seven. What? Chen Seven? Hmm? The one-day plague. You are carrying unregistered bacteria. Please let me help you.
3: No, I'm not from this world. Your medicine will kill me.
1: Statement rejected. Do not be alarmed.
0: Unauthorized resident detected The Gallifreyan Embassy presents Doctor Who, Podshock, episode 255 This is Lewis Trapani, and joining me on this episode is, once again, Mr. Dave A.C. Cooper from Across the Pond Hello, Dave Where have you been? I've been here a week waiting for that intro. (laughs) show. Oops. Uh, I guess the podcast has gone all wibbly wobbly again. (laughs) Good to be here. Well, good to have you back, Dave. And uh, welcome to everyone to the show. And as you know, we're here to review The Girl Who Waited, or in this case, uh, in Dave's case, The Boy That Waited. So um, the presenter that waited. (laughs) The old man that waited. Well, right now we have the whole audience waiting. So <laughs> I guess we should go on. But I, I do want to, uh, before we do talk about this episode, just to sort of remind everyone that uh, we, if you're here for Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi, which had been at this time slot for the past, well, uh, well not last week, but previously, the seven weeks before that, we were here reviewing uh, Torchwood Miracle Day. And we still are, though we're not at this, we're in a different time stream. So <laughs> we're a little. We're behind Dr. Hup- or ahead, or however you want to look at it. We're in we're a different time stream than Dr. Who So th- we, if you're tuning in for that, that's at 7 p.m. tonight, uh, Eastern Daylight Time. And we hope you can join us. And we are—Dave um, and I, and hopefully maybe Graham as well, will be reviewing the ninth episode because we're on the BBC schedule. So it's the ninth episode, The Gathering of Torchwood Miracle Day. And if you are one of those that maybe stopped watching somewhere mid through You may want to pick up again, and um, I don't know, I I, I don't want to speak on Dave's behalf, and you can tune in later on our opinions, but I think it does, I think everyone's sort of agreeing that it it does kind of pick up and gets better towards the end. But we're not here to talk about Torchwood. (laughs) We're here to talk about Doctor Who, and the latest episode is the girl... Who Waited, which um, was on today's Sunday, so it was just on yesterday, so last night. Though um, it's available on iTunes and on Amazon and on the Space Channel, and I'm assuming on ABC in in Australia as well. Um, You have a a chance to check it out. It's written by Tom McRae and directed by Nick Hurran, and there's no real guest uh, actors, you know. you know, except for maybe the robots and the voice interface. This is like one of those bottle episodes where it's um, kind of contained in, uh, um, you know, this... Well, the, there is some location shooting and all that, um, obviously, from the as we see it in the engine room and all that. But it, it, it is very much contained, and they can economize. You know, you don't have a lot of actors, but it, it, I think it's still a worthwhile episode.
4: The interface was played by um, is it, uh, Delores played Jane Umbridge from the Harry Potter films it's uh, Imel Staunton.
0: Oh okay so that's that's why that's what we that's why you're here Dave so you can fill me in on these things <laughs> So what I'll do is um, as I normally do at this time in this podcast or or any podcast before we go any further spoilers spoilers again spoilers.
1: Spoilers. Spoilers.
0: Spoilers. 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 All right, well, you get the idea. Anything after this point, and even before this point, is spoiler territory. So if you haven't seen The Girl Who Waited, stop listening now and listen back when you have. Uh, Also, I want to remind everyone that if you're listening and you're not on TalkShoe.com, you can sign up for a free account at TalkShoe.com. And this way you can put yourself in the queue and you can call in. You can dial in at 724-444-7444. And the call ID number for the show is 23358. So 23358 is our call ID. And we encourage you to call and put yourselves in the queue. So The Girl Who Waited, we are treated to a story where Amy is in a faster time stream than the, the rest of the, you know, than the doctor and and Rory. Basically, as I said before, the, there's no other outside of the voice of the interface and the robots, which, which by the way, I'll have to. Um, agree with the doctor and and wonder why they don't have eyes they these robots kind of feel their way through their episode and um through the story through their hands and it's it's... well it's because they had the weapons hidden in the head wasn't it
4: well the weapons were hidden in the
0: head so they can't put eyes in there too
4: (laughs) well then when they open that their eyes would have been looking sideways but anyway
0: (laughs) okay well they could have both they could have they could have senses in their hands and their eyes and their heads all right we're just kind of going off on a tangent here, so I have to say the robots do not not in their physical appearance but um the their mannerisms and and how they um how they speak remind me of robots of death the nineteen seventy story the tom Baker story you know where just the the monotonism if you you know the way they speak and and how the pleas- yeah, how pleasant it. they all are.
4: Yeah, I think that, that, again, you shouldn't have to watch the confidential to understand the show. But they did say that in the confidential that they've been designed to sort of look, have an outwardly friendly appearance, you know, with a sort of uh, softly moulded lines mm-hmm. and so on, and, uh, and, and and looking unthreatening. The thing that actually surprised me was not the fact they didn't have any uh, eyes, but the way they sort of dropped into existence. They were almost uh, yeah. uh, materialised, yeah. weren't they, like um, on, a, on a transport thing. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure why they needed to do that other than the fact it was a cool effect.
0: They're in a, not in a rehab center, but a place where residents that are infected with this uh, virus that you heard in this clip that day. Dave, Dave, once again, thank you for putting together the clips. Seven. Thank you. The residents of this planet will, um, once they get this one-day virus, they can live out their the rest of their life in one day, so to speak. So there's 40,000 residents, and it appears that they're all in separate time streams. So that seems a little odd to me because you would think that you wouldn't want to live the rest of your life in isolation. So it's because Amy doesn't see any of them. And later on in that episode, you see Rory, uh, you know, see in, in that one room, you see a lot of people. And yeah, you can say, well, that's because they're all occupying the same space. So they're in different times, but still, hopefully. They're not all, you know, alone as well, Amy is. Well, I suppose is. The,
4: the, if they've only got one day to live, you can't sort say, we'll sit in this waiting room until we get ten of you and we'll process ten together. Presumably, as soon as they're brought in, they start their, their altering their time stream. So, obviously, unless two people die, I suppose if two people died together, or, well, sorry, got infected together it's possible that they would live out the rest of their lives as a couple in 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 the same time, time stream. But it never really went into that because that was really a side issue to the, the whole premise of the story where we've got this timey-wimey uh, device leading up to um, what I've been calling Sophie's Choice at the end. If you yeah. ever saw that f- famous film?
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't really remember it, but I, years ago... Uh, the viruses don't seem to be accelerated in the same time stream because if they were, then wouldn't they just die with, I mean, if, let's say, a, 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 let's say a minute equals a day, whatever, wouldn't they just, they all, they, they would just, <laughs> wouldn't they be accelerated too? So it's, I don't know, we'll, we'll let that go, I guess, but it, it gets a little wibbly-wobbly, as the doctor would say. Mm. The other thing is, um. It, and we we see Amy age, but we don't really see entropy taking place with anything else. And I guess maybe the robots maintain everything, but everything looks exactly the way it was. No, no,
4: no. You know, well, okay, the, except uh, for the door, the, the, writing, the writing on the door, the writing where yeah, where Amy puts the writing. <laughs> but but it. that's it. <laughs>
0: yeah. So Amy, the makeup is wonderful. You know, I really thought they did very well with the makeup. I mean, she really does look older. Uh, though it wasn't a very much apparent at first but but later on there's a scene with the lighting and you really can see it on her face so. I think it's when she had that
4: initial mask on and you only saw her eyes her eyes hadn't been aged because she yeah. wasn't wearing contact lenses or anything uh, and, and the main focus of the aging was around her neck uh, and that obviously wasn't visible on the mm-hmm. first showing yeah. but um, the, I do feel as though they could have done a little bit more with her hair
0: well yeah there's no grey you, know, you would think you know hair. She, uh, you would think she's probably fifty something at the youngest. You know, if she aged no, thirty,
4: fifty-eight,
0: she must have been. Uh, well, that's what I'm if saying. She's, tw-
4: yeah, twenty-two or three, uh, plus thirty-six. She's almost sixty.
0: That's that's what I was getting at. So you would think by now she would have some grey, unless she's uh, found some hair dye there too.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think it was even even if she could have stayed, uh, and and I believe redheads. That, you know, can keep the color and I'm informed, but um, I think it would have just a, a streak or one whole little clump of hair being grey just to show it breaking through would have, would have completed the effect yeah, and, yeah. and made it, uh, you know, slightly more believable. The other thing uh, I thought really is that when we saw a few rear views of her they they didn't exactly pad out her bottom a little bit. Yeah Make she still had
0: at, the same she figure. Up. <laughs> she she had the same sleek figure that she has at you know at, at twenty two or whatever age she is. Or, like you know. we all ha- like we all used to have, <laughs> yeah. Yeah I guess um you know it's those uh vitamins that she's taken, I don't know. But she's it's well even uh, um um Rory says you're looking good, you know, and you know, she mm. said eyes forward soldier or so, so. <laughs> What else this is um again we 're dealing with time again in this episode, and that 's one thing that since, even though this is not written by stephen Moffat, it 's um since his um, since he 's been taken over you know you know he likes to do stories that, that that do you know play into time and that time plays into it rather and um and I guess amy 's the first companion that we see her young and old, you know both. You know, during her time with the doctor, you know, so I, I don't think we've we've seen that before. So,
4: they the sketched over an awful lot of things. Uh, Sharad uh, sixty six says um you know, she she wasn't eating. we know, uh, the first week that she stayed there, she we, she hadn't eaten, and uh, it was it was unclear. The very fact that her her memories had obviously lived the whole thirty uh, six years, but may, maybe. You know the physical manifestation of that 36 years was in her, you know, her experiences and her, uh, her memories and so on, and obviously visually on the the, me- the way her face has aged. But um, it, it does seem patchy the way it had done it. But of course, this is sort of a hospital environment; uh, it's a sterile environment. Presumably, you know, if you are ageing there, you're going to age at your most. Um, Whatever whatever your own body type is capable of, it will achieve its optimum, mm. you know, uh, thinking. I mean, I, I don't know why they went for that age because, I mean, they still had her as a sort of a, a kick-ass soldier, didn't they? They had her, you know, d- doing all these moves and that. Uh, I don't know why they'd... Unless, unless the episode had 36 minutes to run from that point, so they decided 36 minutes will make that 36 years. I don't know.
0: Oh, I don't know. Uh, in the chat, uh, Davros1179 and, and Guest3 were pointing out Mordron Undead, which uh, Tegan and Nyssa do uh, get young and old, and so thanks. For, it's been a while since I've seen that episode, so I, I appreciate the reminder there.
4: And Joe Grant was made to look old in the Claws of Axos, says Cybob. Hmm. I thought the storyline was uh, very similar, it played out to last week. Although it was a totally different story, completely different lighting, futuristic-looking set, uh, but we're, we're in a sort of a bottle episode. But um, where that story seemed a long time to get placed, and uh, you know all, all the things put into motion, uh, and then it, it really got interesting towards the end, and I was slightly unsatisfied with the resolution. Uh, last week, the night Turners episode, but this one I feel as though um, you know the, the pacing got better and better, and uh, there 's some seriously good uh, points in this. It was very difficult getting the clips together in a way because uh, it 's a very wordy episode there 's lots of um, uh, very good exchanges of dialogue that each seem fairly vital to the storyline, and we have this very great uh, emotional scene build up scene that um, I, th- I feel as though Rory stole it, but Karen Gillam turned in certainly more than an adequate performance. She's not been, to my mind, the greatest uh, uh, actress, and the companion has been some uh, a companion that some people have really taken to and others less so. But I, I do feel as though she has... Uh, Improves somewhat, and she certainly is adequate enough and sells that part and in some of the final scenes towards the end, um, you do begin to feel as though she 's um, made the sale as it were, but um, only because to me rory's is so magnificent in his his uh, both attitude to her his attitude to the doctor. And we have yet another this, uh, episode where the Doctor lies, doesn't he? He promises Rory that they can save them both. And then there's this uh, turnabout moment where he shuts the door in the older Amy's face. And um, we get um, a very, very dramatic scene what's, towards the end.
0: So, What's interesting is that the Doctor didn't immediately take off. You would think at that point, you know, just to ease the pain of Rory and all that, he would just... You know, leave, but he he seems to linger, and I guess he he leaves it up to Roy to to make that decision or whatever. But it, it's just an interesting side note there.
4: Well, well, the older Karen is the one that he only believes it because she says it. She she bequeaths her days, which uh, you know is um, amazing. Really, with I mean, like let's kill Hitler. We had uh, River Song bequeath her uh, regenerations to the Doctor, and now here we have uh, the older Amy Pond bequeathing her, basically her life, because she knows that um, at the end of the 24 hours she will blink out of existence Uh, even even, it it always goes back to um, when I used to watch uh, Star Trek and people would get on the, you know, the you know beam me down Scotty I'm very sceptical about those I always think that, you know you're scanned and there's a recording of you but you physically actually die your your body dies on that um, uh, transport system and a replica of you mm-hmm. is constituted at the other end and into that constituted replica of you your memories are injected so anybody yeah. talking to you at the beginning and talking to you at the end thinks it's the same person but it's not and this particular Amy Realises that when when they leave, she she will dissipate. Uh, it, it, she will cease to be, um, and that of course is the, the the dilemma that Rory can't understand. And uh, I think he he sells the whole scene. Um, but a lot, there's a, there's a lot to say. But really, the whole story is a, a vehicle for that dilemma. I think.
0: I'll go off on another side note since we've been doing this the whole episode so far. There's an old, not not an old, um, it's a new, I, I say old because it's probably about maybe 10 years old, but not the original, um, um, oh, I just lost the name of the series, um, Outer Limits. The, the Outer Limits, they, they revived the series like in the, like, um, in the late 90s and early 2000s, I think. And there was an episode, I, I think it was on, pre, on one of the premium channels here. And uh, the, and I don't remember the name of the episode, but there is one episode that, explore, that explores what you were just talking about, Dave, about um, that it takes place in the future with a transporter and um, that they have to kill the person the, before they're transported or, or after the transport takes place and they materialize safely where they're supposed to be. Um, they have to kill the person that was standing um, in the, the original person, so they they don't have two of them. And something goes wrong, something goes awry, and, and there's two people left, you know, of the same person in the in the same universe. And the, the story unfolds from there. But it, it's interesting, nonetheless. But I don't know if that's the case. What's going on here? We she just enters, uh, she presses the the red. Button for the and that sort of reminds me of the Matrix where they had to make the choice between the colors. So she goes into the red waterfall and she enters another time stream. And then when Roy tries to do the same, because because obviously people will say, why doesn't Roy or someone just you know go into that and uh, catch her, you know? But supposedly you know when you go into that, you put you're automatically put in a different time stream. So you know, yeah. I, I I I just think she's just in an, another parallel. You know, another alternate time stream, really, is um, that 36 years gets eliminated because they they break it when she's the younger one is brought on board. Anyway, you, we're going to a paradox here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do see the glasses, which reminds us very much of the Torchwood contact lenses, though in this case they're glasses. Right.
4: There was lots, really. I mean, the, the, um, the, there was another reference where, where she goes into the room with all the doors and she's, it's explained that she can go into the various scenarios and she actually choose the garden. But, I mean, that's sort of um, a little bit Star Trek-like as well, where, you know, you can go into portals, City on the Edge of Tomorrow, is it, or whatever, and, and you you step through those. Um, and it's not really clear whether those are light lift doors like the first door that they go through with the two buttons on are whether there actually are portals to another part of the facility um but that whether, and, and uh, as Benjamin elliot was saying on our show earlier the the way that the the garden was realized and so on well, was really well done there was some there was a lot to admire in this uh uh way to being contrived and and mm-hmm. done and i think it was the millennium center that they'd used that great hallway that she'd appeared in. Oh. like a reception mm-hmm. hall.
0: Yeah, I was, I was wondering about that. At first, I thought it might have been an airport, but I said, no, that's doesn't, you know, it looks too, you know, the airports are usually it's, yeah, it's, it's bright and white and all that. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. We had mentioned, um, well, the chat room had mentioned the Mordren Undead episode, and, uh, and and I had mentioned Robots of Death. And I'm going to go back to another Tom Baker story that this had a little feel to it, which was, um, Warriors Gate, which I haven't seen in a lifetime as well, which had uh, had s- some differences with time. There was time winds, and the, there were also robots in there as well. And um, I mean, I'm not saying the story or anything like that, but it just just echoes, just some familiarity there. Uh, I, I need to kind of watch that again. It's been a while. All right.
4: In many ways, this is. Both a a great episode, and uh, and I know some people think you know it's it's a really uh, uh, high concept one, and it's one that when I was watching it, I always have this thing of not necessarily enjoying Doctor Who when I first watch it because I'm so worried about what they're going to do with (laughs) with with each particular story. Um, But it it definitely is going to be one of these ones that does grow on you. But it's a very high concept one when you think that last week's one was perhaps so easy for people to get in into Dot 2 one wonders what they're going to make after watching Night Terrors. you know very dark uh, Doll's House horror sort of thing and then you think oh quite like this Dot 2 uh, I'll watch it next week um, they must they couldn't have had such a, a big contrast one would have thought from last week's episode to this even though they're both, as I say, self-contained and sort of bottle episodes. but um,
0: Well, I think it's good that, that it is high contrast because you need something. I think next week's episode is a little bit, uh, we haven't seen it yet, obviously, but from what we do, what we have seen of it from the trailers and scenes and all that, it is very similar to night. Night Terrors, where it's sort of a you know a haunted house type of thing, except for it's not really you know it's it's in that similar vein where um, if we can see from the previews that it's it's in that similar vein of Night Terrors. Right. So this is a good buffer between the two, I would think. Right.
4: Uh, now I know we're, we're fairly early on, but um, I've got a feeling that uh, unless you want to do a little. Um, break at this moment it it might be as well to have a little uh, reminder more of the
0: story as well we'll um what we'll do is we'll well i guess we could take a break and then we'll come back and play a clip and then um see if i know we had kobo in the queue before he's not in it now but maybe he'll he'll come back but let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and hear what you have to say So anyway, as we do when we take these quick breaks is that we usually remind people about Audible, which is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 85,000 titles to choose from in every genre, and that includes thrillers, romance, comedy, business, and of course, science fiction and fantasy. They have tons of titles, especially in Doctor Who. You really need to check them out. They have uh, their titles play on all iPhones and Kindles, Androids, over 500 devices for listening anytime, anywhere. And as I said, if you go to their website, you can really see what they have to offer. And for you, listeners of Dr. Who Pachak Audible is offering a free audio book download with a free 14-day trial. So you have a chance to check out their service. And even if you decide, well, you know, it's not really right for me, you still can keep your free audio book. And we always like to make a recommendation or referral for your selection. Again, it could be anything that you like. It doesn't have to be Doctor Who. It doesn't have to be what we're suggesting here. It could be, like I said, whatever you like. But we're going to go back to uh, we're going to go back even further than the, than the fourth Doctor. We're going back to the to a, the second Doctor. This is a a second Doctor story. It's Furry from the Deep, which is um, by Victor Pembertim. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that last time right. And it's narrated by none other than David Troughton, the son of Patrick Troughton. And he really, his voice really does remind me of Patrick Troughton. So, um, in fact, this is a little bit from it here.
2: The sky had never looked more menacing. Huge clusters of dark gray clouds had overwhelmed the early morning sunshine, threatening the approach of a gathering winter storm. And beneath it all, the sea. Cruel, unyielding sea. crammed with dark secrets that man on planet Earth has never fully understood. Quiet and calm now, with small white tufts of foam curling gently across the surface, waiting for the gale force winds to lash them into a frenzy. An ancient mariner once said that if you stand alone on the seashore he will hear the sound of those who dwell in the deep depths of the ocean. Today was to be just such a day. For the moment, however, the sound was a more familiar one. The TARDIS began to materialize out through the clouds, gradually descending to hover for a few seconds just above the waves. Finally, it dropped with an undignified flop onto the sea. A short while later, a small rubber boat was bobbing up and down on the undulating swell, heading its way slowly towards the shore. Inside the boat, three time-travellers were all looking decidedly cold and wet. Just like you to land us in the middle of the sea, Jamie was very disgruntled as he used all his burly strength to row the boat's oars against the outgoing tide. Sorry about that. The doctor was also rowing energetically, his favourite woollen bobble hat pulled tightly over his ears. But don't worry, the TARDIS is perfectly capable of floating. Behind them, the TARDIS was swaying gently to and fro on the surface of the water. It was a majestic, if improbable, sight. Passing ships were going to be in for something of a shock when they picked up an old blue police box on their radar scanner. Where exactly are we? groaned Victoria. The poor young girl was huddled beneath a large blanket wearing a thick woolen jumper and skirt, trying to protect herself from the merciless ice-cold breeze. Victoria had never been a good sailor. She had even got sick when her father took her rowing in a boat on the Serpentine Lake in London's Hyde Park. That was back in Victorian times. The Doctor's eyes were carefully scanning the barren coastline ahead of them.
0: Oh. Well, dang. that's a little bit from Furry from the Deep, which is a second Doctor story, originally a uh, transmitted episode uh, story, rather, though, one, fortunately, one of the lost ones. This was a uh, novelized in 1986 by Target Books, so this is um, based on that, where uh, the Doctor and his companions materialized near a North Sea gas refinery and they encounter a terrifying foe in the dark, uncharted depths of the sea. So it sounds pretty interesting and you know it's very rare that the tortoise lands in the <laughs> in the in the water, so it's um it's unique in that. So uh, again this could be your free audiobook selection but it doesn't have to be you can get your free audiobook today today by going to audibletrial.com/pochak again that's audibletrial.com/pochak for your free audiobook and if you're happen to be driving while you're listening to this or you can't write that URL down don't worry just go to net and you'll see an offer there on our page for for this offer so you can get your free audiobook and check it out yeah, it certainly does sound like he's done as many people have put in the chat. Yeah, he does. He really does. I mean, it, um, you know, obviously it doesn't have the same inflections and everything, but it still has that same voice. And it, I think as David Trouton has gotten older, he's gotten to sound even more and more like his, mm. his father. So, if, you know, if they ever decide to do, let's say, um, a, and, you know, if, well, luckily we have all the audio recordings, even of the lost episodes, but if they were ever to do some sort of, I don't know, 50th anniversary where they needed to have the second Doctor's voice and, you know, say something new that's not or that hasn't been recorded, he's the fellow. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Though Graham um, Sheridan may argue with me that he would want to do it, but... <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we're going to play... A clip to get us back in the mood for the girl who waited.
1: Oh, red waterfall, we made it. Good old us. Right. How do we know that we're in the same red waterfall as Amy? Focus on the positive. We locked onto Amy's time stream.
3: Interface. I am here, Amy shh, shh. From here, you may depart to any of two streams' entertainment zones: Garden. Yes, you really could spend a lifetime here. Do not be
1: alone. This is a kindness. Yes. Where is everyone? And there they are. 40,000 time streams overlapping. Red Wolf isn't one time stream, it's thousands. Are they happy? Oh, Boris, trust you to think of that. Maybe. <laughs> ah. Uh...
4: No, please, please. Duck.
3: The only way I've survived this long is by making the Humbots think I don't exist. But you're still here. I've been on my own here a long, long time. 36 years.
2: I hate him.
1: I hate the Doctor. Okay, so we just take the TARDIS back to the right time stream. Yeah? We locked onto a time stream, Rory. This is it. I don't care that you got old. I care that we didn't grow old together. Let me come on, please. Touch me. Right. It's like you're not even her. Here's the plan. I've worked out a way to hijack the temple engines and use them to fold two points of Amy's timeline together. We're bringing her out of the then and into the now. We could take this Amy with us, Easy, but if we do, our Amy has to wait 36 years to be rescued. So I have to choose. Which wife do I want? This is your fault. I'm so sorry, but Roy. No, this is your fault! You, you, should, you should look at a history book once in a while, see if there's an outbreak of plague or not. That is not how I travel. Then I do not want to travel with you! <laughs> <laughs> Rory, is the time glass still on? If the link's still active, I think I can hear Amy. Our Amy.
0: You're right, David. Dave, I should say. <laughs> getting so formal with you (laughs) Arthur Darville does do an excellent performance in this episode he's um, really right on on the money
4: and challenging the Doctor yet again is uh, um, I mean uh, I wonder whether that sort of threat for him not to travel with the Doctor is going to have all the fans clamoring and say no don't leave Rory (laughs) don't leave Arthur we like you because he's got a real
0: fan club I think No, it's great. So uh, again, if you'd like to get yourself in the queue, if you're on TalkShoe right now, and it's a free account, so you can sign up and get yourself a free account. You can uh, put yourself in the queue there so we know that you want to talk. And then, and Dave, maybe you can chime in with this. If you're calling in, you can, if if you're not on the website and you're calling in and you want to put yourself in the queue, isn't there a key combination you can punch to put yourself in the queue? Well,
4: there's, the, there's actual uh, the, there's the request to talk, uh, but if you want, oh, you mean
0: if you're actually on a mobile phone? If you're calling if, in if it, and you're not, uh, you're yeah. not on the website, and this
4: yeah. isn't there yeah, like I a, think it's star eight, but I will just confirm that because I wouldn't want to give out um, incorrect information, would I? Certainly not. No, no. Of course um, not. But yeah, I thought Kobo was in the queue. They, did they, did their audio drop off
0: and drop back again? I, I don't know. He he was he was he was in it before, but now I don't see him in the queue anymore.
4: That's what I meant. I wondered whether they had issues with their audio. But anyway,
0: well, as always, we like to give podcast uh, podcast <laughs> podcast supporting subscribers uh, preference in the queue. So if you are a supporting subscriber. Uh, you will be bumped up in the queue so um, and again we do appreciate PodChalk supporting subscribers we wouldn't be able to do the show without them and it does really make a tremendous difference for the show and um and this is just one of the ways we like to show our appreciation yeah it's star 8 going to go into the queue star 8 From the okay. phone all right well put yourself if you're calling in and you're not you know not on talk show itself you can do star 8 to put yourself in the queue And if you want to become a supporting subscriber for a small monthly fee, you can do so. And like I said, it's the only way we can continue and and bring this show to you. You can go to ArtTrap.com or pawchalk.net and you'll see a banner on the top of the page there, and you can click on that to become a Podshock supporting subscriber. Really, you know, now more than ever, we really need your help. So thank you once again for all our subscribers. So I can thank one person in person right now, which is um, Daisy Witch, which we'll bring on right now. Welcome back to the show. Hello. Hi. Hello. Cheers. Hi. How, how's Good it afternoon. going?
3: Hiya. It's going beautifully.
0: So, you, cool. you're the girl who waited in the queue to be called upon, and <laughs> <laughs> now you're here. Yes, I am. What did you think and, of this episode? You know, I was surprisingly blown away. So you had low expectations going into this, maybe from the previews? You said you seemed, I'm just guessing, um, perhaps it wasn't going to be as good as it was, and it turned out to be be better than you anticipated.
3: I had low expectations of this episode because I'm not a big fan of episodes that are Mm companion-centric. I like the adventure kind of episodes, you know, kind of like Night Terror, like you saw in 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 classic Doctor Who. And I haven't really been enjoying the the Amy episodes, especially lately, but this one just totally wowed me. I mean, she, she, Karen Dillon really surprised me with her acting. I hate saying that, but she did all the little subtle changes that happen when you go from being a young money something to a middle-aged woman really well.
0: Yeah, I thought so, too.
3: And there was that you really, I mean, I think I'll probably notice more on a second or third viewing. Little things about just the way she held her body, she mm-hmm. moved her eyes, her voice, even her, her inflection, the way she spoke, changed. You can tell that when she was talking back and forth with herself. It was amazing. The story was great. Rory was fantastic. In fact, I, thinking back on it, I see that it was actually more of a Rory story than an Amy story.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Yes. Right. You know, yeah,
3: and Rory's become one of my all time favorite companions. Um, so that that just thrilled me right there. That's were really beautiful. I kept thinking especially when Amy was walking through it a little kinda of like the airport section of it. It reminded me of um two thousand one A Space Odyssey. Before they mm-hmm. get on the ship when they're yeah. you know talking and everything. Mm-hmm. All that white. You know, and of course in the beginning of, I thought I was going into e-space at the very beginning of the episode they walked out and the and was all white I would not mind seeing more of the Amy Rory kind of stories if they were like this I guess I'm tired of the River Song thing but uh, wow this is I actually wound up crying a few times during this it Brought tears to my eyes Oh, I, don't think, I don't think you're alone with
4: that. With that final scene, um, it did somewhat mirror the um, the, the sort of Doctor and Rose being divided by the two universes, didn't it? With the, the doors of the TARDIS, but um, it, it hmm. certainly made for an emotional climax.
3: Yeah, it kind of did, but I wasn't that emotional during the Rose thing. I, mean, I didn't, wasn't that fond of Rose, but that didn't get me as much as seeing rory and amy separated like that you know seeing rory with his leaning leaning his head against the door just saying i'm sorry over and over again that just
0: uh, well essentially he had to kill his wife you know even though there's it's 36 years onwards it was still the same person aged yes but uh, you know
3: and even though she was just sitting there right behind her nose yeah yeah
4: It's a whole new light on trading the wife in for a younger model, isn't it?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I thought of that.
0: (laughs) I mean, there was a lot they had to condense in this episode. It was only 45 minutes long, but they, they, I mean, as Dave said, there's a lot of talking, but, I mean, they had to uh, somehow establish that Rory, you know, was able to relate to the older Amy just as well as the younger one, you know, where, so that choice became even more... Uh, and also, you know, just the character of Rory is a nurse. He's a caring individual. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it just isn't in his makeup. And, you know, he even yells at the doctor that you're making me into you now or something like that. And and it's interesting the way they, even though it doesn't scientifically, doesn't really make much sense that this virus only affects people with uh, two hearts. So the doctor wasn't able to. Really play? I mean, he had to just he. What he had to do was do um, perform remotely in the TARDIS and not enter into that um, realm for the fear of getting you know getting that virus. So it, it yeah. kind of, it kind of, I guess, I guess maybe this is the Doctor Light story. Even though I mean, it didn't seem that way because the Doctor did seem present through most of it, but it was all TARDIS scenes mostly for his for the for the most part.
3: Yeah. I did buy the, the disease thing. I mean, we have diseases here on, on Earth that, like, taste backs that only affects a particular race or something like that.
0: Um, I'm sure it had something more to do with just the two hearts, because how is the virus going to really, you know, what difference would it make to the virus if it has two hearts or one heart? But maybe there's something else, uh, other common denominator. Binary virus? <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> but yeah, it, I, when they say it, Lewis, it, it, it was sort of a Doctor Light episode, certainly mm. in many ways, and
0: um, are a companion-heavy one, whichever way you would put it. Well, I, I think this is their Doctor Light story. This is, what, what was this? This is episode, not, is it 10? 10. 10. So this yeah. is traditionally where that Doctor Light episode kind of appears. Mm. So Daisy, how would you rate this? How many TARDIS groans would you give this?
3: Uh, I actually, I think, for the first time ever, I, I would give this a five.
0: Really? Okay. Ooh.
3: Yeah i I don't see how they could have improved it any. The writing was brilliant, the set, the costumes, everything. I was really blown away.
0: Fantastic. Okay.
3: I'm, I'm very critical. <laughs> you know, I'm not cr- very critical. Badly against Doctor Who, as I've seen. some people are, but I'm, I can be very critical when it comes to writing and everything. And I, it just knocked me over.
0: Okay, fantastic. Any other final thoughts before we move on?
3: No, yeah, I think I I think I've said everything I I wanted to say. Uh, you guys have a great show. I've been loving it for years now.
0: Well, thank so you. And we thank you do thank you for your me. your support um as always. Always. All right. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Next up is um I'm not sure well, We only have two other people, so I I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference. It's not a long delay for them anyway, either. So let's go to. uh, uh, We'll just go in. uh, Are you going to press the red button or the green
4: button? Is it going to be the
0: (laughs) green anchor or the red waves? What we'll do is uh, we'll take Davros, and then we have uh, Davros 1179, and then we have one final clip, and then uh, we'll take the seventh doctor, and then we'll, we'll call it a show. Hello, Davros. Hello. Welcome to the show. How are you?
5: I'm great. How are you?
0: Fantastic. It's sounding good. Is it, so, this good. is your first uh, time calling in.
5: Uh, yeah, it is. I've been listening to PodShock and him and all that for a long time. I've been a supporting subscriber and just never had a day off to be part of a live show. So, I thought I'd take the chance.
0: Well, welcome. Yeah. Uh, we're glad you did. What did you think of this episode?
5: Uh, well, I uh, I liked it. I I was really excited to see. Um, I think every doctor who sees him needs robots that are supposed to be friendly, but then turn out (laughs) potentially harmful. I I don't think the doctor is just complete without that. So I was really excited to see that. Um, I loved Rory in this episode, uh, because I know the last couple um, pod shocks I listened to where you commented where Rory started kind of getting a little wimpy again and stuff, and you noticed that And in this episode, he kind of fights back with the doctor and you know, no, I'm not going to play it your way, and I, I thought that was really, really mm.
0: cool to see that. Yeah, I, I, that, that's what I said in the last episode, the last couple episodes. He seemed to go back into little, you know, to a bit of a wimp mode where, where we saw the man when a good man goes to war, he w- was, you know, a little bit more fierce.
4: Yeah. Should I repeat the question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a great one. Uh, what about are you a? Uh, an Amy Pond fan then or, or not so much
5: I, I, I like Amy's character I, I like the fact that she challenges the Doctor um, it, She, in a way it kind of reminds me of the Doctor's relationship with Sarah and how she was stronger and she would challenge the Doctor's decisions and things but I, I, I sometimes it almost gets a little too much for me where she's almost non-cooperative constantly sometimes and I'd like to see a little more happy medium there. I'm actually becoming a bigger Rory fan than an Amy fan, which I never expected when he joined the show.
0: Well, she's fiercely independent, even to the point where in this episode where uh, Rory, when she comments, um, I, the older Amy comments uh, to to Rory, how he looked at younger Amy and how he used to look at her that way and that she's forgotten how much he loved her he, she never says I've forgotten how much I love you. She says I've forgotten how much you love, how much you love me, and and how yeah. you know. And it, it's it's very much her Amy centric in Amy's eyes. It's it's very much you know the world revolves around her, and she stays consistent that way. You know, as a character.
5: Yeah, I, I agree with that totally, and I, I think that's why I'm liking Rory more because he seems to be getting independent that way too, but. I guess maybe not not such a combative way but i i just i really really like when i love the my favorite scene in the whole episode was towards the end when the doctor puts his hand on the lock and you know he looks the doctor right in the eye and he says you know no this isn't fair you're trying to turn me into you and that that just that line i thought was really really strong coming from a character that started out in the early beginning so weak and you, it just shows you how much he's grown
0: yeah no i agree so how many TARDIS groans would you give this story?
5: I'd give it probably four out of five. Probably four out
0: of five. Okay, that's good. That's um, respectable. I checked our website before, and the the poll we only put up today, so this afternoon, so it hasn't been up there long. that long. So right now it's... Um, it's um only a few votes there, but it's kinda of split with four with uh five, four, and three TARDIS groans, you know, tied a three way tie right now. But I think as time goes on um so if you're listening to this, if you you wanna, you know, chime in, go to our website, podshock.net, and you can vote on um you know, give your TARDIS groan rating for this episode and previous episodes that we've um reviewed. Any other uh comments, Davros?
5: Uh not really. That pretty much sums it up for me.
0: Okay, well thank you. Thanks uh, for your support and thanks for <laughs> calling in.
5: Hey,
4: thank you so much, guys.
0: All right. Cheers. Cheers. Yep.
4: Uh, I'll, I'll read some of the ones out in
0: text later
4: if you if you want to say that yeah, towards the
0: Yeah, end. what we'll do is we'll play um, a, uh, the final clip and then we'll take on The Seventh Doctor and um, and then you can read off some of the uh, ratings in chat. Will do. So I should remind people to, uh, if you want to call into the show, you can do that and the number to call is 724-444-7444 Thank you and the call ID is 23358
3: Okay Doctor, Two Streams is back on air Right, okay, so this is big news. This is temporal earthquake time. I'm now officially changing my own future. And agreeing, every lot of time says that shouldn't be possible.
1: Yes, except sometimes knowing your own future is what enables you to change it, especially if you're bloody-minded, contradictory, and completely unpredictable. So basically, if you're Amy, then? Yes, if anyone could defeat predestiny,
3: It's your wife. I'm trusting you to watch my
1: back, Rory. Always. You and me, always.
2: Because here's the deal. You take me too, in the Tardis
1: Me too. But that means to be two of you Permanently, forever And that way we both get to live Two Amys together, c- can that work? I don't know, it's your marriage I'm sorry What are you doing? Are you doing? I lied to her, Rory Doctor? There can never be two Amys in the Tardis, the paradox of too massive if you can't leave her, she'll die don't no, she'll me. never have existed. When we save our Amy, this future won't have happened. But she happened. She's there. I trusted you. No, no, no. she's not real. She is real. But let her in. Look, we take this Amy, we leave ours. There can only be one Amy in the Which one do you want? This isn't fair. You're turning me into you. Who tries, Rory?
0: Look in your face when you carried her.
1: Her. When you carried her away you used to look at me like that
4: I'd forgotten how much she loved me I'd forgotten how much I loved being her Amy Pond in the Tardis
1: with Rory Williams I'm sorry I can't do this if you love me don't let me in Amy I love you I love you too don't
4: let me in. Tell Amy. You're Amy. I'm giving her the days. The days with you. Days to come. I'm so so sorry. The days I can't have. Take them, please.
1: I'm giving you my days. So, so, so sorry.
0: So that had a lot of the stuff that we were just talking about, a lot of those clips we were just talking about yeah. or in that montage there.
4: Uh, right. So it was sacrifice there again, isn't it? and we had sacrifice last week with um, River Song sacrificing the last of her... Let's Kill Hitler, sorry, two weeks ago, sacrificing her uh, uh, regeneration Regenerations, yeah. To, to, and here we have... Uh, and I think uh, that uh, is exactly a good clip that um, Daisy Witch would have presumably really enjoy because that was some of the things she was saying about where you know um Karen had lowered her voice and and got into
0: mm-hmm. that older woman's character there but I still think it's Rory that sells the scene yeah yeah but I but I noticed that too what Daisy was saying how she really it was some of the minor stuff that she did really helped to pull off it wasn't just the makeup it was um her mannerisms and just how she held herself as an older person, I think she did very well. Hmm. Well, let's hear from the seventh doctor, Sylvester McCoy. No, it's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the show.
6: Oh, uh, thank you, Louis. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you?
0: Very good. You're sounding a little Cylon ish today. Hopefully that clears up. It's just an audio thing.
6: Well,. Yeah,
0: just take
4: take the volume down a little bit.
6: Okay. Is that better?
4: Yeah, if you speak quietly, that's fine.
6: Okay. Maybe I don't want to make up too far. Uh, I was on the uh, the Colton collective uh, this morning, and I was silent. So silence had fallen on me then, (laughs) and now I'm trying to make up for that. Um, I I like this episode very much, Um, it was a nice break uh, last week and this week, uh, getting away from the Melody River uh, theme that we've been on for a while now, Um, I hope we get back to that, Uh, uh, I noticed some chat in the chat room saying that uh, they're they're glad they want to get away from from that storyline, I want to see some uh, resolution with that, so I hope we get back to that soon. the title of this story uh, when I first saw it I was hoping it would be more about young Amelia than an older Amy Uh, I didn't get that wish but it didn't detract from my liking story at all Uh, I did enjoy it quite a bit Um, I know a lot of people had trouble with Amy pushing the red button Uh, I didn't have any problem with that I was thinking well I'm probably on an upper floor of the building, and I want to get out, I will push the lower button to go down and the elevator to get outside. Uh, so I didn't have any problem with that, and, you know, the button had a waterfall on it instead of uh, the anchor of the, the green button. Um, I'd rather have a waterfall than an anchor, if you ask me. So
0: uh, Maybe I, I had if- no problem if maybe if they if, instead of doing red and, and green maybe the color should have been yellow and, and blue something more neutral because you know you, traditionally red is an alarming color that you know and, and and green is an inviting color green means go red means stop so maybe if they if they chose different colors it maybe it would make more sense there maybe there be there wouldn't be this argument uh maybe with some people that why did she choose the red um so maybe that's it maybe if they had chose different colors
6: it was a minor quibble I think I I had no problem with it if it was me I would have pushed the red button as well so here you go maybe I'm thinking like Amy I don't know um, yep. One mm-hmm. problem I did have with the story itself is why didn't Amy eat? You know, she said um, towards the start of it that she hadn't eaten in a week, but it, it, she didn't have any problem with it, it seemed like. I didn't quite understand why she didn't have to eat, why she didn't have hunger. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought I could have explained that a little bit better than they did. Um, A line or something thrown in there would have been nice. Uh, Also, for the sonic uh, uh, probe, um, some line about, well, I talked with the interface and I learned how to build one. Uh, That would have been nice to have that um, full explanation. Yeah. Um, Those are my my minor quibbles, though. uh, It didn't really track the story a whole lot, I thought. Um, But one question I've had... uh, I guess from the start of season five, and it's just really built up over time. Is who or what is Amy? I mean, she seems to have this ability where she can think things into existence or move things around uh, from one place to another just by thought. You know, we've had um, bring back Rory in the form of an Auton just by. I don't know thinking or something she did something that was implied that way to me anyway she brought the doctor back uh, after Big Bang 2 um, and now she's moving herself her younger self around and in uh, space uh, to where she, the older Amy and Rory were. Um, I, I know that Rory was doing something with the equipment off of the side, but it seemed very integral to the process that uh, the, the two Amys had to think the same thought, uh, a powerful thought, for mm-hmm. what to happen.
0: Yeah, the Macarena.
6: So, uh, so, Oh, I'm just thinking, uh, does the doctor know something about Amy that the rest of us don't? Uh, I, I, I think um, this thing with uh, Melody and her fine lordish abilities, I think this ties into Amy somehow. Uh, it's just a, a theory of mine. I don't know why uh, that's happening. What process is happening with that? But I think it has something to do with this ability that Amy seems to have with her thoughts. I guess we'll see as time plays out. And there's been some criticism of, of Amy and that she's not been very convincing uh, with her uh, showing love for Rory. Well, I, I think this episode really helped to clear that up some, especially the the last scene or next last scene with older Amy, where she basically makes the choice for Rory and and uh, doesn't go into the TARDIS, tells him that she's not coming in, and uh, because. Here, here's older Amy you know she's trying to save her, herself her, her life but he's, she's thinking of Rory and what would be better for him to be with younger Amy so I, I really think that um, the love Amy has for Rory shows right there and uh, I should I, I think that should um, clear some things up yeah um, did anyone get an uh, Ace Doctor TV movie vibe uh, with the first scene? Uh, the Doctor had that toolbox that kind of reminded me of the toolbox the Doctor had in a TV movie, and also the rotating clock, uh, the book, the clock thing on the TARDIS console. Uh, that was very reminiscent to me of the uh, Ace Doctor's console.
0: Well, also did, did you the, see
6: that, Lewis? the
0: the the toolbox goes back to to the original series, really. Where uh, I, I don't recall exactly when and where, but it, uh, the, that toolbox was represented uh, originally in in the original series, and um, the TV movie kind of picked up on that and reintroduced it, and uh, you know, along with the Sonic screwdriver and, and uh, that we see in that scene. So um, I, I think it's just carrying on that that continuity that you know. But it's it's interesting. I saw that too. I observed that too. I said, "Oh, that's because it had that fold-out tool toolbox."
6: Yes, since I just watched the TV movie recently about three times, I think it was because I watched it both times with commentary on the recent DVD release. Uh, that just made me think of the TV movie. Uh, but definitely, the uh, the, the clock uh, was very reminiscent to me of the. Uh, TV movie, Tardis console.
4: Well, Davros has put Davros eleven seventy nine has put in uh, the two bots was seen in Mordred undead. <laughs> Mordred undead's uh, coming back
0: again. <laughs>
6: yes, yes. Um, one other thing: the line that Rory had, I don't want to travel with you anymore. Um, I'm just wondering how soon is he going to try to convince Amy. To leave the doctor. Uh, it, it seems like Rory's getting fed up with how things are going uh, with the travels with the doctor, and um, they, they do seem to have conflict from time to time, uh, as was mentioned already. I, I just wonder how soon he's going to try to have Amy leave. Well, yeah, uh, I mean,
4: theoretically, they're still on the honeymoon, aren't they? I mean, they left on yeah. their wedding night.
0: Yes. Well, there oh, was the, the there head- was some time head- between. December. Uh, when 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 this series picks up, when, and I'm, I'm not talking about the I'm talking oh, about the right, first okay. half of the series. Yeah. There's some time that has passed. You know, when uh, when they're watching the Doctor on television, and, and oh, that's true. That's so true. Th- there right. is some time that has passed. Yeah. But there's still a lot. I mean, what's, what the Seventh Doctor was just saying about Amy being the center of everything, uh, I mean, that's what the Doctor said in uh, one of the episodes from last year, you know, where everything kind of revolved around Amy and, and he, he, he had said that she's the key to all this. And I don't know if that was resolved at the series finale when, yeah. it, you know... And, of course, I'm
4: forgetting as well they were picked up by the old Eleventh Doctor as well, weren't they, when they went to America the... Uh, the impossible astronaut mm-hmm. in yes. the 1100 years. One, so uh, I mean, this is the trouble with having a season arc <laughs> that runs two years.
6: But <laughs> I enjoyed this episode a lot. Um, I gave it a four point five out uh, of five. I thought they did a great job with the visuals and even some of the sound effects. I think there was some, um, Classic series sound effects of the TARDIS and mixed in there, and uh, I, I think I'd have to rewatch the episode again. But I think towards the start of the episode, somewhere, it almost sounded like they were playing the Doctor Who theme backwards. Mixed in with the hardest sounds. Uh, did anyone catch that?
0: I had. Um, I heard it sounded like a weird sound, and i I never played. I never played it backwards, so I don't know if that's what it would sound like. But it sounded like it could have been something being played backwards. I don't know.
6: Uh, I might be off base there. I, I didn't listen to it backwards, but it sounded like how it would sound if it was played backward. At least to me.
0: what. Oh. It could very well be, yeah. But I, they did use some of the uh, like the, the like the stuttering TARDIS sound when, uh, that we've heard before in the in the series of old. You know that was used again. So uh, I, yeah. I really do. What I especially like about the TARDIS since uh, Stephen Moffat has came aboard was incorporating some of the traditional TARDIS sounds back into the TARDIS because I think that was sorely missing. Uh, you know, we we heard the. Um, you know the, the cloister bell occasionally before you know with with Russell T Davies but we didn't really hear a lot of the other Tartar sounds that we've grown so accustomed to so I'm glad to hear some of that back
4: yeah good good there was lots of good uh, uses of little things like that and Sharia's uh, 66 but in that the music was never overpowering uh, in this episode, I mean, the music has been good. I mean, Murray Gold was almost dominating some of the scores. Very beautiful music, but uh, uh, they seem to have got a nice balance mm-hmm. uh, in certainly this uh, latest series. Well, well, some... Being able to hear the dialogue mm-hmm. and yet having the, 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 the themes running underneath.
0: Well, there were some recognizable themes, like Amy's theme and stuff that, yeah, was, yeah. You know, that reoccurred here, those familiar. Themes that that um, Murray Gold will, you know, incorporate into a into an episode. Mm. All right. Well, thank you so much, Seventh Doctor.
6: Thank you. Um, one other thing: uh, the one scene there, didn't it looked like the entrance to the hospital in New Earth. Um, it even looked like it was from the same angle. Uh, did they film the same building again? Maybe change the appearance a little bit. I got that impression.
4: The, the, they might have used it. I mean, uh, they certainly, as I say, used the one in, the building in Cardiff. So, I mean, they, it's notorious for the way they reuse locations and, and dress them up.
0: It possibly was.
6: Mm-hmm. Hey, well, I'm enjoying the show, and thank you for having me on.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, uh, guest seven in the show said it was the same location. So, thank you. All right. Cheers.
4: Okay, let me just read out some of the scores I managed to get off the mm-hmm. text that always goes on during these live shows. Guest 11, four and a half out of 5. Craft uh, Master, uh, 4.5 out of 5. Guest 7, 4 out of 5. Shares, 66, 4 out of 5. And that's, is it N- Nam Marie, is it? Sorry if I'm getting that wrong. 5 out of 5. Cybob, 3 out of 5. Enterprise Who, 5 out of 5. Uh, guess 3, 5 out of 5. So pretty high ratings there, Lewis. I think, uh, stronger than we've had, uh, for some time. It certainly looks as though this, uh, second half of, uh, Series 6 is, uh, uh getting some strong support.
0: Yeah, I... I I'm, I'm going to agree with uh with Daisy which is the saying that it was a stronger episode than I was expecting though it's still I mean for me it still had some lingering issues that not not really gaping holes or anything like that but just a, just like uh some of the stuff that I think the seventh doctor was just saying how come you know she wasn't eating and all that just stuff that maybe if maybe if they could have pushed out another a few more minutes of the episode running time and just kind of fill in some of those mm-hmm. little little things that would have fleshed out more. So I'm going to give it maybe a three and a half pushing to four out of five TARDIS groans. Uh, and I, I would say four for the characters and, and uh, you know, and for the acting and um, you know, for Rory and, and what Amy did, with uh, Karen did as the older Amy and all that I, I would give it four. But as an overall story, three. But I, I just, I think that yeah. just a little bit more was just if they pushed a little bit more maybe I don't know I, I can't really say Oh, yeah. if they did this and that whatever but it just seemed like a combination of things that maybe if they just kind of filled in a, a little of those some of those holes it would work better for me
4: yeah I, I think uh I think you said a similar thing last week and uh, I agree with you on this one. The story, uh, I should have really liked it because it's time travel, but um, it took a while to grab my attention and I, I was sort of thinking it was a sort of not mediocre, better than mediocre, but i wasn 't mm-hmm. wow about it, yeah. but uh, I do feel as though the emotional impact of the of the, the last ten minutes really ups the, uh, the the quality of the overall show, and where uh, last week 's night terrors had uh, a, a sort of a slightly trite ending to it this one had a a really meaningful um, dilemma for Rory and it may have set the scene for uh, uh, as some people say uh, and maybe regretfully it might mean that Rory is is getting doubts I mean uh, we all know that uh, it's happened before with characters where uh, Nissa or whatever said, I can't. Not um, uh, Teagan. Oh, Teagan uh, <laughs> said, uh, "You know, I can't do it anymore. It's too, there's too much death and destruction, and uh, uh, she she decided she'd have it enough." Well, you could argue that Rory could soon be getting to a similar, the character's similar state of mind. So I, I probably was going to give it a three. Again, after to, to studying the audio for somewhat, and by the time I've come to do the commentary it'll probably
0: be up to a four out of five all right well very good well thanks again for everyone for listening and i want to remind everyone that we'll be back at 7 p.m eastern daylight time for our review of torchwood miracle day episode nine is called the gathering and we hope you can the join us yeah. yeah i hope you can join dave and i and hopefully graham and, and you know uh will join us as well and of course we're looking forward to seeing you there or hearing you there it's the same thing. TalkShoe. you. It's um, a different call ID number, but we'll you know we'll let you know uh, that during the show itself. But so next week we'll be back at this time slot reviewing um, what's the name of the episode again. It's the God Complex. The God Complex. Thank you. And uh, we originally saw back in San Diego Comic Con. That's when they showed the, the original trailer for this. Now the, at the end of this episode, they had a more robust trailer. So it looks interesting.
4: And just in case people want to to make a note, the people in the room, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi is uh,
0: 110825. Yes, and that's uh, TalkShoe.com. Well, obviously, if you're listening right now live, you know how to find us. It's at 7 p.m. And you can hear Dave on his show, The Cultum Collective, which uh, they recorded earlier at 2 p.m., Today they, I believe, they reviewed the same episode. So uh, that's available on TalkShoe.com dot com already. You can download it and via iTunes, and you can listen live at two p. m. next Sunday. And you can give the yeah, and just to, you, you can give the call yeah. ID for for that.
4: Thank you. That's uh, five four eight two one. And just to confuse people when Ian says the outro at the end. Uh, the outro seems not to have uh, appeared. He must have had a connection problem right at the end. But hopefully, you'll enjoy the episode just as well and we had quite a few of the people in the room
0: here in our show oh i'm sure they will so until next week or until or until 7 p.m uh we'll see you then cheers everyone cheers you have been listening to dr who par presented by the fan run dot embassy.org Dr. Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Dr. Who Podchock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Dr. Who Podchock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and is presented to you by the Gallifern Embassy and has been made possible in part by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode is also supported by the Podchock Podcast Companion app for iOS devices now in the iTunes App Store.
3: see my phone? Your phone? Yeah.
1: Your mobile telephone. I bring you to a paradise planet two billion light years from Earth and you want to update
3: Twitter. Sunset spires, soaring silver colonnades. It's a camera phone.
1: On the counter by the DVDs. Thank you.